Good evening. Tonight we will continue our reading of The Little Prince by Antoine de Saint-Exupéry. Chapter 15. The sixth planet was a planet ten times larger. It was inhabited by an old gentleman who wrote voluminous books. Ah, look! Here comes an explorer, he cried out when he saw the little prince. The little prince sat down on the table, catching his breath. It seemed he had been traveling for so long. Where do you come from? asked the old gentleman. What is this thick book? said the little prince, disregarding the question. What are you doing here? I am a geographer, said the old gentleman. What is a geographer? A geographer is a scholar who knows the location of all the seas, the rivers, the cities, the mountains, and the deserts. Now that is extremely interesting, said the little prince. That is at long last a real profession. And he cast a quick look around him at the geographer's planet. Never before had he seen such a magnificent planet. Your planet is very beautiful. Are there any oceans? I have no way of knowing, said the geographer. Oh. The little prince was disappointed. And any mountains? I really couldn't tell you that either, said the geographer. And cities and rivers and deserts? I have no way of knowing that either, said the geographer. But you are a geographer. Exactly, said the geographer. But I am not an explorer. I have no explorers on my planet. It is not the geographer's task to count the cities, the rivers, the mountains, the oceans, and the deserts. The geographer is far too important to waste his time browsing around. He never leaves his office, but he receives explorers. He questions them and notes down what they recall of their travels. And if the recollections of one of them seem interesting to him, the geographer orders an inquiry into the explorer's moral character. But why? Because an explorer who told lies would bring into disrepute the geographer's books, as would an explorer who drank too much. But why? asked the little prince. Because drunkards see double. As a result, the geographer would note two mountains where, in fact, there was only one. I know someone, said the little prince, who would make a bad explorer. That is possible. Even when the moral character of the explorer is shown to be satisfactory, an investigation is ordered into his discovery. One goes to check it. No, that would be too complicated. But the explorer is requested to furnish proof. If, for example, the discovery is that of a big mountain, he is required to bring back some large stones from it. Suddenly, the geographer became very excited. But you, you've come a long way. You are an explorer. You must describe your planet to me. 
and the geographer, having opened his register, sharpened his pencil. One started off by noting the explorer's story in pencil, and when the explorer had provided the required proof, the information was filled in in ink. Well, asked the explorer expectantly. Oh, where I live, said the little prince. It is not very interesting because it is too small. I have three volcanoes. Two are active and the third is extinct. But one never knows. One never knows, said the geographer. I also have a flower. We don't record flowers, said the geographer. Why not? It is the prettiest thing on my planet. Because flowers are ephemeral. What does ephemeral mean? Geographies, said the geographer, are the most precious of all books. They are never out of fashion. A mountain rarely changes its place. It is very rare for an ocean to simply empty itself of its waters. We write of eternal things. But extinct volcanoes can wake up, the little prince interrupted. What does ephemeral mean? Where the volcanoes are extinct or active amounts to the same thing for us, said the geographer. What matters to us is the mountain. It does not change. But what does ephemeral mean? The little prince repeated once again, since he had never in his life given up on a question once he had raised it. It means in danger of early disappearance. My flower is in danger of early disappearance? Of course it is. My flower is ephemeral. The little prince said to himself, and she has only four thorns with which to defend herself against the world. And I have left her all alone on my planet. That was his first moment of regret. But he took courage once again. What place would you advise me to visit now? He asked. The planet Earth, replied the geographer. It has a good reputation. And the little prince went away, thinking of his flower. Chapter 16 So the seventh planet was the Earth. The Earth is not just an ordinary planet. There are 111 kings, 7,000 geographers, 900,000 businessmen, 7.5 million drunkards, 311 million conceited individuals, in other words, approximately 2,000 million grown-ups. To give you an idea of the size of the Earth, I shall explain that before the invention of electricity throughout the six continents, a veritable army of 462,511 lamplighters had to be maintained for the street lamps. Seen from a little distance, the effect was magnificent. The movements of this army were regulated like those of a ballet. First came the turn of the lamplighters of New Zealand and Australia. Then, having lit their lamps, they would go off to sleep. 
Next, the lamplighters of China and Siberia would join the dance, after which they too would disappear into the wings. Then came the turn of the lamplighters of Russia and India, then those of Africa and Europe, then those of South America, then those of North America. And they never made a mistake in the order of their entry onto the stage. It was fabulous. Only the man in charge of the single lamp at the North Pole and his colleague responsible for the single lamp at the South Pole can enjoy a carefree life of laziness. They only worked twice a year.